Hey everyone, this is Tim Harris. I'm the pastor of Woodburn Baptist Church and this is our weekly podcast. Hope it encourages you. Hope it makes you want to be closer to Jesus and more like him. Hope you enjoy this sermon. And if you want to know more about us, find us online at woodburnbaptist.org. Good morning, everybody. Merry Christmas to you. Y'all good? Yeah? You happy? It's a beautiful, beautiful day, beautiful sunshine. Uh, Everything is good. Man, I love you guys so much. Let me grab this table. I preached live in cafe today, which was fantastic. I don't always get to do that. So uh, I'm going to turn right around and preach in this room, which is my custom. Psalm 98 is where we will be. I love you all so much. I just love Christmas. Uh, I I know that uh, a lot of us have other traditions. Normally, you'd be with family, uh, be in your gown or whatever on Christmas Day at this moment. But the fact that you have chosen to worship here is just a wonderful reminder of what Christmas is actually about and also who our true family is. I love my family, but y'all are my eternal family. We are brothers and sisters forever, and we will be in glory forever together, and I love that. Today's a great opportunity to remind each other what we actually celebrate on Christmas all the time. Psalm 98, I have a confession to make. I do not love Christmas music. Uh, I mean, I'm not talking about what we sing at church. I love hymns at church. I love Christmas hymns and all that. But just like what's on the radio since Halloween or August or something, I don't really enjoy most. I know that's kind of an unpopular opinion. Some of you have been playing Christmas music since July, and and your heart's broken that you're going to have to take, you'll probably crank it back up in March and start all over. Uh, Yeah, that's just not... Me so so it just just in case there are others like me, I thought we could take a moment and just sort of this morning just say out loud uh, our least favorite Christmas song. Like, what do you think is the the most terrible Christmas song ever? I have a list actually. Um, anybody, what do you think is the worst Christmas song ever? Christmas shoes. Yeah. Anybody else? But see, here's the thing. See, I watch the crowd, and as soon as you say a Christmas song that you think is terrible, there's like other people in the room going. (gasps) So like, Brittany doesn't like Christmas shoes. (laughs) I don't either, y'all, seriously. But as I say that, some of you are like, you know, tears are starting to fall. You're like, Christmas shoes, how can you not like Christmas shoes? Oh my goodness, I have so many reasons not to like that song, but, uh, but Christmas shoes is a good one. What else? Grandma got run over. See, now, see, Barbara said that, but some over here is like, <gasps> you know? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, my own mother. My own mother, one Christmas, said, I don't think I've heard Grandma got run over by a reindeer yet. Like, oh, whoa. Um, yeah, so that's the thing. There actually is a recent list. That I think they do a survey every single year. So you can actually look up the list of least popular Christmas songs in America in 2022. There's an actual list. The thing that you'll discover, though, is that there's not any single song that the majority of people hate. So no matter what song you don't like, you have to understand most people like that song. That's why they play it round the clock on the radio. People love Christmas music. 
We just do. And so we may disagree over which ones we like or don't like, but the fact is most people really, really like Christmas music, all of them, even Christmas shoes, and Grandma got run over by a reindeer. But y'all saw that I named it. The number one most disliked Christmas song in America this year is Santa Baby. <laughs> Santa Baby. Yeah. Anybody that's your favorite, like anybody say, well, I don't understand that. I love that one. See, there y'all are. There's always those people. Yeah. Santa Baby is the least liked Christmas song in America this year, followed by Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. That's number two. And the number three is Wonderful Christmas Time. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Yeah. Nobody likes that song, apparently. Uh, Wonderful Christmas time. Yeah, the list could go on and on and on. I don't like this. It's an old song. That old song that goes, happy holidays, happy holidays. Like, has it got more than two words? I don't know anything more than happy holidays. Yeah. Brittany knows every word, so <laughs> happy holidays. Yeah. So as I said, and even on the official list, no matter what the number one most disliked song is of any year this year, it's Santa Baby. But even Santa Baby is only disliked by something like 35% of the people, which means most people still really like Santa Baby. We're talking about favorite songs or least favorite songs. That's always going to be a matter of personal opinion. So in other words, we're always going to argue about that. Nobody's going to ever be able to say, this is right, this is wrong. But, but I can take Psalm 98 this morning, I believe, and I can help you understand what truly is the worst Christmas song ever. And I'm not making any kind of joke now. I want you to understand, the, the, the worst Christmas song ever is most likely the song you've been singing either this Christmas season, maybe even for a good part of this past year. I'm talking about the song that you sing. I'm not talking about, I know you're not a singer, but I'm talking about your attitude. I'm talking about the words you use. I'm talking about the way you talk, the, the focus. But the, sort of the music, the, the, the soundtrack that comes out of your soul. Chances are the song you've been singing is a song that you really, really, really need to change. When I was a kid and I would get an attitude, my dad used to say he would do something to help me change my tune. What did he mean? You mean what he meant? Well, change your tune. Yeah. Which meant whatever attitude I had, he was tired of it and it was time to get a new one. And Psalm 98 is actually a beautiful psalm that helps you find a, a new song, sing a new song. This psalm is intended to help you change your tune. You understand? Psalm 98. Somebody's going to say, Pastor Tim, why don't you preach a Christmas passage? Well, understand, Psalm 98 is the psalm in Scripture that inspires the, the, the song we sing at Christmas, Joy to the World. Joy to the World is actually not a Christmas song. It's a hymn that comes from Psalm 98 and really talks about the second coming. So there you go. Psalm 98 is where the song Joy to the World comes from. And uh, let's read it together and hopefully, hopefully, uh, let the Lord change our tune. Psalm 98. Sing a new song to the Lord, for he has done wonderful deeds. His right hand has won a mighty victory. His holy arm has shown his saving power. The Lord has announced his victory and has revealed his righteousness to every nation. He has remembered his promise to love and be faithful to Israel. The ends of the earth have seen the victory of our God. 
Shout to the Lord, all the earth. Break out in praise and sing for joy. Sing your praise to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and melodious song, with trumpets and the sound of the ram's horn. Make a joyful symphony before the Lord, the King. Let the sea and everything in it shout his praise. Let the earth and all living things join in. Let the rivers clap their hands in glee. Let the hills sing out the songs of joy before the Lord, for he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with justice and the nations with fairness. Sing a new song to the Lord. How are you going to do that? I guess it all depends on where you find your music in the first place. A lot of us, we just sort of sing the song that comes out of our circumstances. And uh, I'm just here to tell you, if, if, if all you do is sort of chime in with the music of your circumstances, you, you're never going to praise the Lord. Circumstances are never favorable. Have you not noticed? I, I don't know if y'all talked about it before I walked in, but, but this morning... Um, I found Mike August dead. He's one of our church members. Mike August is really important to me. I love that man. And I don't understand how a man who can go through cancer. Mike had eye cancer, which is unimaginable to me. I visited Mike in the hospital when he was going through chemotherapy. And chemotherapy for Mike these were injections, regular injections into his eyeball. Mike went through that for the longest time. All through COVID, he was immune suppressed. All through all of that, just weeks, weeks on end in the hospital. You visit Mike August, you wouldn't, and I'm not exaggerating, you would never hear a complaint. I would walk in and start talking to him and I start thinking, maybe I'm the sick one. Because he seemed fine. He always seemed fine. I'm the pastor in the room, but it's Mike who's preaching to all the nurses. I mean, he would lay in and just preach to them, and they loved him. They loved him. Mike came into our church through the grief support group. He had lost his wife. I, if you know Mike, then I think you can understand where I'm going here. The music that came out of Mike August's life was somehow never exactly in harmony with all of the trouble that he went through in his life. The circumstances of his existence never ever determined the song that came pouring out of his soul. And I'm saying you have that same option. This song you've been singing for so long, don't you ever get tired of it? Did you ever get tired of just talking about everything that's wrong with the world? Because I'm telling you, there's everything wrong with the world. And that's not going to change until Psalm 98 comes to fruition. And it says, he's going to come judge the earth. He's going to judge the world with justice and the nations with fairness. In other words, God's going to come one day. Jesus is going to come. He's going to make everything right that's wrong with the world. He's going to do that. All of our hope is in him. But in the meantime, this world's going to go on and it's going to continue in brokenness and it's going to continue being an unfair, unjust, dark place. This is the world and you live in it. Now, I know that we often just sort of have this imagination that somehow we're going to live our lives and everything's going to go our way. And I'm telling you, that's not how it works. Not even as believers. I, I, sometimes as believers, we sort of have this idea that because we have Jesus, 
that we're never gonna have to go through things, but Jesus himself says, in this world, you will have trouble. He was talking to his disciples. He wasn't talking to people who had it coming to them. He was just saying, listen, in this world, you're gonna have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome this world. I'm just saying, if, if, if you're gonna just let your attitude be formed by your circumstances, man, you're gonna have a sorry attitude forever because there's always gonna be something gonna be under your skin. Always gonna be something you hope for that's gonna disappoint you. There's always gonna be people who die because people die. And there's always gonna be bills that don't get paid. There's always, always, always gonna be cold weather. I hate it. I really do, but I, y'all won't believe me because y'all think, you know, really? Um, I try not to complain because nobody wants to hear it. Nobody wants to hear me complain. Last night preaching, I had a long John's. <laughs> I won't go through all my underwear today, but <laughs> suffice it to say, I hate this weather, but this is a day that the Lord has made. This is a Christmas day, you all, you, you know? I don't want to hear me complain. And nobody wants to hear you complain either. And, and, and unfortunately, other people have to live with you. And, and for a solid year, you, you haven't had anything good to talk about. You, you just talk about politics. You talk about COVID. You talk about the flu. You talk about Biden and Trump and Pelosi. You just talk about all that garbage and... Nobody wants to hear it, and it's not doing you any good. You, you complain about your life. You complain about your circumstances. You, you, you just bellyache all the time. The song of your life is this song of gloom and despair and agony, and it never, ever changes. I mean, you got different verses. You just go from one problem to the next because life is always going to take you from one problem to the next. Jesus says, in this world, you will have trouble. You will have trouble. It's going to be one trouble after another. If, if you don't believe that, you're, you're about to learn a lesson. So you cannot, you cannot let your life, you cannot let your attitude, you can't let your outlook be formed by your circumstances. This joy that Psalm 98 talks about, the world's not going to give it to you. It's not going to come from your circumstances. It's never going to come from your news channel. It's not going to come from anything at all in this world. This joy that we have, this joy that Psalm 98 comes from, it is supernatural. And so you're never going to find it by focusing on everything wrong with your life, everything wrong with the world. So understand, the scripture says, sing a new song to the Lord. Sing a new song. This is a commandment. You got to change your tune. It's from the Lord. You have to change your tune. This old song you've been singing, God says, I'm tired of it and I'm about to do something to change your tune. Sing a new song to the Lord, for he has done, what's it say? For he has done wonderful deeds. This new song is a song about the Lord. It's a song to the Lord because he's done wonderful deeds. It doesn't matter what has happened in your life. It doesn't matter how dark the world gets. It doesn't matter how horrible politics are. It doesn't matter how many pandemics make the loop around the globe. God has done wonderful things. 
You can focus on all the things going wrong with your life, and as long as you do, you will never find peace. This psalm gives you the opportunity to change your focus. Stop focusing on everything that is wrong with the world. Stop focusing on everything that's wrong with your life. Stop focusing on everything that goes wrong, that might go wrong, that will go wrong. Stop focusing on everything that's wrong and start focusing on everything that's right with God. Because everything is right with him. Everything that he does is wonderful. Everything that he does is perfect. Sing a new song to the Lord, the scripture says, for he has done wonderful deeds. It's a song about him. This new song has got to be a song about him. Because if it's a song about you, ain't nobody going to want to hear it. We're not singing a song about us. This is not a symphony for ourselves. It's a song about the Lord. He's done wonderful deeds. His right hand has won a mighty victory. Understand, this victory, if you have any kind of victory in your life, it's not because of your strength. It's not because your arm is mighty. It's not because you're good. It's because he's good. It's not because you're entitled to good things. No, every good thing that comes to you is a gift. We don't deserve any of it. Sing a new song to the Lord for he has done wonderful deeds. His right hand has won a mighty victory. His holy arm has shown his saving power. He has remembered his promise to love and be faithful. He keeps his promise. See, just because you sing this new song of praise and thanks to the Lord, it doesn't mean you won't have to sometimes sing it through hard times. Doesn't mean you won't sometimes have to, have to preach a sermon after finding out that somebody you really love is dead. Doesn't mean that you won't have to sometimes praise right through the gloom, you know? I did, I got down this morning. I thought, man, I don't know how I'm gonna preach. And then I thought, you know what? I, I know Mike August. And I thought to myself, if Mike August thought for a moment that he was the reason that we didn't praise Jesus in a big way in God's house on Christmas Day, Mike August would come back. <laughs> I'm serious. If he thought for a moment that he was the reason that we didn't give the Lord big praise in this house today, he would think his life was, was somehow diminished. And we praise him. We, we praise him because God keeps his promises to love and be faithful. That, that, that means that sometimes, yeah, it, it is going to be hard. And we will go through difficult things. And sometimes it's so tempting to sing a sad song. Sometimes it's so tempting to sing that song uh, about how we're lost and lonely and, and afraid and how we're depressed and, 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 and abandoned. It's, it's so easy to want to sing that song about how tired we are. But, but I'm telling you, because God is faithful, because you know that he's going to keep all of his promises to show love and, and, and come and, and reveal his strength. And you can't ever give in to that temptation to make the song sad. You sing a new song because God is always doing something wonderful. I'm not just saying this because I want to give you a, you know, a heartwarming message on Christmas Day. No, I, I do. 
but you need to know how to do this. You have to know how to do this. You have to know how to see God's wonderful deeds. You have to be able to see him at work in the midst of a world that is, that is just going to hell. You have to be able to see God at work. You have to be able to see his light shining in your darkness. You have to be able to see and feel his peace in the midst of your chaos. You have to be able to receive his comfort when your own heart is broken. You have to be able to know his voice in the silence. You have to be able to recognize the way he moves, the, the way he works, the way he continues to stay near you. You have to be able to see him, to focus on him. And if you can't do that when life is good, if you can't do that on a beautiful Sunday morning, which happens to be Christmas Day, and you're surrounded by people who love you with family in a warm church, if you can't do it on a day when most everything is wonderful, I'm telling you, when everything begins to go south, you're going to come apart. If you can't see God's work all along the way, then when something happens to you, when the bad news comes to your door, when all of the sudden the, the diagnosis comes for you and all of a sudden it's you in the hospital or you at the funeral home, when, it, when it's you on the other side of the darkness, I'm telling you, if you can't see God when everything is good, then you're going to have a really hard time seeing him when everything goes bad. And that's where your song's going to turn sour. If you don't know how to focus on him, if you don't know how to see his wonderful deeds, even when life is not wonderful, you have to be able to choose what you focus on. You have to be able to see what the world is never going to point out. You have to be able to see what is unseen. You have to be able to experience this joy that comes from him because the world's never going to give it to you. You believe it? There's an old story about this little county. It's a true story, this, this little county that was always dry. Like no alcohol, right? Now Warren kind of was that way for a long time. Just no alcohol. Simpson kind of was that way longer. No alcohol. And um, I can remember growing up, like I went to church in Simpson County. Every time the ordinance would come around where people were trying to make the county wet, as always say, make it wet. Yeah, make it wet. Man, our church, man, we just fall apart, you know, because we didn't want the alcohol. We didn't want everything that the alcohol would bring into our town, into our county. So we always prayed against that. Well, in this little county, as the story goes, the uh, county went wet, and so now there's going to be alcohol, and the churches were just devastated at that, just felt that was all bad news. And One of the churches in particular, this man, as soon as the ordinance passed, this man bought property right across the church from the street and started building a bar, like right in the front door of the church, a bar, like an establishment for nothing but alcohol, you know, and oh, man, the church people are just broken. They prayed so hard against this. They prayed and begged God, never let the ordinance fail, and now the county's wet, and now they're going to have to look at a bar, you know, right across the street from the church. So church people did what church people do, right? They called another prayer meeting. On a Wednesday night, they called a prayer meeting, and they just got together, and they prayed that God would just shut that bar down. That's what they prayed. And they told everybody that they were praying that God would shut that bar down, shut it down. No tavern in the front door of their church. God just shut it down. They prayed that on Wednesday. True story. On Saturday, a freak thunderstorm came through town. Lightning struck the tavern, and it burned to the ground. It burned to the ground. 
Okay, story's not over. The owner of the tavern got a lawyer and sued the church. It ain't over. He sued the church for the loss of his business. He sued the church for damages. Guess what the church did? They hired a lawyer to defend them to argue in court that it wasn't their fault. And so as the proceedings began, the judge in the county, he uh, made a statement before any decision was made. He just said, I don't really know how this decision will go. I don't know how this, I don't know how this uh, proceeding is going to end, but I can tell you one thing that puzzles me. We seem to have a bar owner who really believes in the power of prayer. And a church that does not. Hmm. Do you really believe that God will answer your prayer? Do you really believe that God cares about what you're going through? Do you really believe? I mean, do you really believe? Because when you do, it'll change your tune. When you really know that there is a God who loved you enough to send his son to be born and die for you, when you really understand that he is Emmanuel, God with us, which means you will never, ever have a single day in your life where he will not be with you. If you really believe that he is a God who is near the brokenhearted, you will never, ever have a tear fall from your face that he does not catch and save in a bottle. That's what the scripture says. You believe that? Really believe that there's a God who knows every cell in your body. So no matter what the doctors say, you know your life is in the hands of a greater physician. Do you believe these things? Really believe that no matter how your life goes, with your soul, all things are well. Do you really believe that? Because when you believe that, it will change the music that comes out of your soul. It, it will change the song of your heart. I'm just saying it's possible the worst song ever is a song you've been singing. Are you tired of it? Because the soundtrack of your life can change today. If you just change focus, stop looking to the world. Stop focusing on everything that's wrong with everything. Focus on what is right with God because I'm telling you with God, everything is good. Sing a new song to the Lord. He has done wonderful deeds. Pray with me.